uh, and the purpose of, of baptism. The other thing that's going to keep my sermon short is I don't have a pulpit uh, to lean on. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a little bit uh, getting used to. I'm not used to the shifting stand. Let's, uh, let's read Romans chapter 6, and we're going to just read verses 1 through 4 this morning. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Let's pray this morning. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we come into your presence today and we ask that you would bless uh, the ministry of your word. We ask that you would uh, speak to us from from your word, even as we sang uh, in the song, Speak, O Lord, that we might be reminded of your grace, that we might be reminded of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We might be encouraged uh, to look to you in faith and believe upon your name. And for those of us who have, Lord, that we would be reminded of this union uh, and communion that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a privilege it is to share in uh, the full benefits of what Christ has won on the cross and accomplished uh, in his resurrection. We uh, give all the praise and all the glory and honor to you. And as we uh, follow your command today in baptizing uh, believers, Lord, we pray that you would be honored. We pray that you would be glorified. And that as the body of Christ, we would, uh, we would rejoice in seeing the, the, the testimony to you uh, of the lives that you have touched and changed through the power uh, of your gospel. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I really just want to ask and, and answer for you this morning uh, one question. And that question really is, what is baptism? And we're going to unpack that a little bit with not only what is baptism, but, but why is it important and how should we do it. Uh, but the, the, the heart of the issue today is what is baptism? Why are we doing this? Uh, it's, it's not just so that we can have a, a little bit of a pool up front and we can splash around in some water. Uh, it's not because I'm looking forward to just dunking some kids under. And No, this is a, a serious uh, matter. It is a, a testimony to what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And so the question is, what is baptism and, and why do we do it? Baptism is a sign and a symbol of a greater reality. You can see in this passage what happens to a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? So you'll notice here the use of the term baptized. But you'll also notice it says that those of us who have been baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So we are baptized here, according to this, into Jesus Christ. 
Well, now you're thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense because this is water, and when we get in the water, we are going to be baptized into the water. You're literally going to go uh, down into the water, and we tell everyone to hold their noses because the water will come up over you. So how is it that you are baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, obviously, the water isn't Jesus. Baptism symbolizes Something that goes on spiritually in the believer when they profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons, two reasons that we practice baptism by immersion is one, baptism means to immerse. Baptizo, that's what the verb is. The second reason is that symbolism of going down under the water and coming up out of the water symbolizes what happens to us in the Lord Jesus Christ when we put faith in Jesus Christ. So that the person is saved not by their getting in the water, but the person is saved by their believing and putting faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are recognizing that you are a sinner, that sin separates us from God, that we should be judged and punished for our sin, and that the only hope of salvation is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God who died on the cross as an innocent man taking our place. And so you look at Jesus and you say, I see what He's done, and you put your faith on Him, you receive Him as Savior and Lord, confessing who He is and what He's done, and you become a Christian in that moment. You look to Him and say, only you can save me. And that really is what faith is doing. And part of that faith is repenting. It means turning from our sin, confessing them, and acknowledging them. In that moment, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a partaker of His death and resurrection. What does that mean? That means that the benefits that Jesus Christ has won on the cross, that He accomplished them 2,000 years ago when He died and then three days later rose again from the dead, those benefits now are applied to you. You receive them through faith, but you become a partaker in what Christ has done. There is, if you will, a transfer. My sin is placed upon Jesus on the cross. His death and shed blood is placed upon my life so that I am no longer guilty of my sins. And we've been walking through this in Romans, that great doctrine of justification by faith. And part of the way Paul describes this is as a baptism, as an immersion. We are baptized in that moment into Jesus Christ. So that the benefits of what Jesus has done, His death now comes over me and covers me. Likewise, His life and resurrection is now at work in me to raise me up so that I can walk in faithful obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have moved from being dead in my sins because Christ's death has been applied to me to being alive 
in a new and living way with the power of the Holy Spirit in me because Christ is alive. And in that receiving Jesus Christ through faith, I come to belong to Him. And so the imagery here of receiving salvation is we are baptized into His death. We become a full partaker of the benefits of His death. And so part of what Paul is doing in this passage is someone might come along and say, well, you know, if I'm saved by grace, if I'm saved by God's free act of salvation, and I didn't do anything to earn it, well, then I can go out and live however I want. And Paul says, no. No, you can't just go on sinning. You can't just say, well, God forgave my sins, and so I'm going to sin even more, and, and God will forgive them even more. Paul says, don't you know who you are as a believer in Christ? You've been placed into his death so that that you are dead now to these sins. Why would you want to live in them any longer? Even more than that, this baptism is a, a baptism into his resurrection. So that just as Jesus Christ rose from the dead, The power of God at work, God saying to Jesus on the third day, come out of the grave because the power of death cannot hold him. So also, God has looked into your heart and said, let there be life. Where there was deadness to sin, God has imparted new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And part of the evidence of the new life is we make a profession of faith. We believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only does that life of the Holy Spirit start working in us to bring our spiritual deadness to life, we are then to go on to walk in this newness of life. We have a new character. And so the symbolism is again, think of how Jesus died. What happened to him after he died? They took his body down. And they put him in the grave. They buried him in the tomb. It's like as we go down into the water and the water comes up over us. It's a symbolism of our dying with Christ. Now, don't worry, guys, kids, especially. I'm not going to hold you under the, the water long enough that you actually die. It's all symbolism. But you come up out of that water. And and nothing goes on in the acts of the water. But the water symbolizes that God has made you alive. And that you are to walk in this newness of life. What What is your motivation as a Christian to walk in the ways of God? One, Christ has died for you. And that sin now is put to death in you as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ. And two, you have a new life. Don't go back into that old way of thinking, that old way of living. You can see it here. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. 
We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we too may no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 8, for if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And so part of this and walking in this newness of life is also we are looking forward to the resurrection. Just as you come out, out of the water in that baptism, you will look forward to a day where you will come up out of the grave. One of two things will happen in our lives. We will either die or the Lord Jesus Christ will return. And if we die in the Lord, our body will go into the grave, our soul will go to heaven, but we will still look forward to the day of the resurrection when our body comes up out of the grave. If we are privileged to live long enough until the Lord returns and we don't know the day or the hour, but if we are privileged to be alive when the Lord returns, guess what? We jump right to the resurrection. No death, just boom, resurrection. And so we become alive with a new spiritual life in a body that cannot die. And that's symbolized in partaking in baptism. Who then should be baptized? Let me actually read for you first uh, Colossians 2.12. Having been buried with him in baptism, this is what we've been saying, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raises him from the dead. So again, this imagery in Scripture is burial with him, resurrection with him. That is received through faith. Who should be baptized? Believers should be baptized. You know this well. There are some churches out there that will baptize infants. They will baptize uh, individuals who are not old enough to understand what's going on or having uh, not being able to make a profession of faith because of their age. And they'll, they'll say things like, well, you know, we're, we're doing this in, in looking forward to what God is, is going to do in their lives. Or in some cases, uh, they believe that the actual act of the water cleanses the individual or prepares them or makes them clean or regenerates them uh, in some way. That's not the biblical picture of baptism. Again, the water itself has no saving value. Nothing mystical is going on in that sense. The picture in Scripture is always individuals believe and then they are baptized. And why is that? It's because I need to receive the benefits of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done through faith. Faith alone saves. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you believed upon Him and His death and resurrection and received the forgiveness of sins? These are who should be baptized. And you'll hear the testimonies of everyone uh, today, and some were saved at a very young age, uh, and some are still young, and that's why they're being baptized. Some were saved and just had not yet followed the Lord's command, and the Lord is leading them uh, to do that. And we're excited in all of those cases. But let me just read for you a few verses in the book of Acts. Acts 8.12, But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news and the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Philip, speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch, then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scriptures. He told him the good news about Jesus. 
And they were going along the road. They came to the water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot stopped. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. This is with the Philippian jailers. The Philippian jailer asked Paul, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of God to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. So what do you need to do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and and everyone in your house and everyone around you. And then what do they go and do? They believe. And then they're baptized. Acts 18, chapter 8. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord and together with his entire household and many of the Corinthians hearing Paul believed and were baptized. We must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must profess faith in him, confessing that he is Savior and Lord. This baptism reminds us of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're excited today to be baptized in people. We're excited to to give testimony, or they give testimony to their profession of faith. And I would encourage you, even though in many of these cases they've been saved for, for a bit of time now already, I would encourage you that as they're baptized, today, rejoice. You know, it's described in Scripture that when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we might say, well, you know, Pastor, some of these people have been saved for a while, so what's there really to rejoice about? Rejoice that they were saved. Rejoice that they're following in this command. And rejoice that they're now giving public testimony to what they believed inwardly in their hearts. It doesn't matter whether or not there's a gap of time between when they believe and when they're baptized. Typically in the New Testament, it seems like it's almost immediate. But there's no rule that says, well, if you don't get it done in the first ten minutes, it really doesn't count. We rejoice in what God is doing. And the second thing that I would say to you is this. Remember your own baptism. This, you watching them do this, symbolizes, if you are a believer, your own union with the Lord Jesus Christ. That you are connected and tethered and tied, if you will, to Jesus Christ if you have put your faith and trust in Him. His death is your death. His life is your life. And remember that. Think of the analogy, oftentimes as we take communion as the body, we take in the symbols of the body and blood and it strengthens us, it encourages us, it reminds us that we need to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and by faith take in Jesus Christ. Let this today remind you that through a profession of faith, you need to belong to Jesus Christ. We're going to have the people come now and give their testimonies. And the way that we're going to do this, actually, is the adults are going to give their testimony first. So I'm going to have all the adults come up and they can just kind of line up here uh, on the side. The little kids are actually going to go to the back and start changing 